Um, so I've been asked to give a brief history of the Sephardic Jews of Bosnia and uh, as an introduction to the performance this evening. And I do feel that it's a real privilege to be invited by Susan and Flory to introduce their wonderful work. I live in Potomac and wonderful, many wonderful things happen here, but one of the most wonderful and amazing confluences of events has brought about this evening in my opinion. Um, what forces of history brought Flory Jagoda to her home in Alexandria, Virginia? Just think, for the last 400 years and more, history has pulled Jews westward to America, yet Flory Jagoda's ancestors, the Sephardim, 500 years ago were pulled eastward from Spain toward the eastern Mediterranean. They were pulled partly by the magnetic call of Jerusalem put into poetry a thousand years ago by Yehuda Halevi, who wrote in Spain during the golden age of Spanish Jewry under Muslim rule. He wrote in one of his odes to Zion, my heart is in the east and I am at the edge of the west. Then how can I taste what I eat? How can I enjoy it? How can I fulfill my vows and pledges while Zion is in the domain of Edom and I am in the bonds of Arabia? It would be easy for me to leave behind all the good things of Spain. It would be glorious to see the dust of the ruined shrine. Yehuda Halevi did set out on the long and hazardous journey to Jerusalem. But the legend that he was killed by an Arab horseman at the gate of Jerusalem is almost certainly mistaken. History tells us that he boarded a ship in Alexandria, Egypt, and that is the last we know of him. The golden age of Jewish life in Spain, which Yehuda Halevi gave up voluntarily, was over long before the expulsion of the Jews from Spain in 1492. Despite the abruptness of the Edict of Expulsion in March 1492, the writing had been on the wall for at least a hundred years. The Christian Reconquista, which proceeded over about 400 years from northern Spain toward the south, imposed not only political sovereignty, but also religious uniformity. Um, in the early calamitous 14th century, the Black Death had dealt the death blow to tolerance as anti-Semitic myths took over people's minds in Spain. In 1391, egged on by the preaching of a fanatical Dominican friar, anti-Jewish riots broke out in Seville and quickly spread all over Spain. Many Jews converted under threat of death and the communities that didn't were dealt a demoralizing blow. The Spanish Inquisition was founded in 1478 in order to enforce the Christian orthodoxy of the numerous conversos and descendants of conversos, Jewish converts to Christianity. And Ferdinand and Isabel, the rulers of Aragon and Castile, who would soon reconquer the Kingdom of Granada, pondered how to neutralize the temptation of returning to Judaism, symbolized by the remaining Jewish communities in Spain. The drastic and cruel solution of giving the Jews of Spain the choice of conversion or expulsion led to much suffering and heart-rending. Even an anti-Jewish chronicler could not help being moved as he witnessed the Jews setting out on their journey of exile. Andres Bernaldez wrote, 
They experienced great trouble and suffered indescribable misfortunes on the road, some falling, others rising, some dying, others being born, some fainting, others being attacked by illness. There was not a Christian but that pitied them and pleaded with them to be baptized. Some from misery were converted, but they were the few. The rabbis encouraged them and made the young people and women sing and play on pipes and tambours to enliven them and keep up their spirits. And thus they left Castile and arrived at the ports. The major movement of the Jews of Spain was eastward and southward toward the lands of Islam from which many of their ancestors in earlier centuries had entered Spain. There they joined existing Jewish communities. Wherever there were large numbers of Spanish exiles, they brought their communal organization, customs, dress, and of course the language of Ladino or Judeo-Spanish. Many found temporary homes in Portugal and parts of France or Italy, but then were forced to move on again. Um, to have a vivid idea of a scholar's life in these circumstances, we can look at the life of Yosef Hakohen, a rabbi, physician, and historian. Born in France in 1496, uh, after his parents' expulsion, he grew up in Genoa, where he acquired a Renaissance learning, but was forced by expulsions to move many times during his life. His major work on Jewish history is called Emek Habacha, the Veil of Tears, and can be read in Hebrew or Ladino. He describes persecution after persecution, Jewish history as he saw it. The day the Jews left Spain in 1492 coincided with Tisha B'Av, the day of mourning for the destructions of the first and second temples, so that the expulsion has been joined to some of the greatest calamities of Jewish history, and the prayers of Tisha B'Av include Kinot, for the expulsion from Spain. Now let us try to change our thinking and look at history from an Eastern rather than a Western point of view. In 1892, the Jews of Turkey and, and the remains of the Ottoman Empire marked the 400th anniversary, according to an Israeli scholar, Avigdor Levy, with rejoicing rather than with sorrow. A celebratory poem was written in French and published in French and Ladino in Izmir, Turkey, um, uh, written by a Jewish journalist from Salonika, Greece. And um, it sounds a little bit like um, one of the epic poems of Edgar Allan Poe, where the, I won't quote it to you because it's very long, but they're sailing over the horizon looking for a home and finally they see their port of destination, which is Istanbul, and are welcomed by the Turks. Of course, just as the image of Spain has been somewhat tinted by La Leyenda Negra, or the black myth, so this poem presents Turkey through a rose-tinted myth. But large numbers of Sephardic exiles in the early 16th century yearned to reach the Ottoman Empire, not only because it ruled Jerusalem, but because they had received a clear message of welcome from Sultan Bayezid, who was reported to have said, the king of Spain's loss is my gain. The Ottomans had recently swept away the Christian Byzantine Empire and now ruled North Africa, much of the Eastern New York uh, Mediterranean, the Middle East, and the Balkans. It was still an up-and-coming, vigorous world power, 
and its leaders welcomed the Jews from Spain for their technical know-how, weaving, printing, the art, of building, uh, the, the art of creating firearms, commercial skills, and finance. Spanish Jewish printing presses, for example, were recreated and functioning again within a very few years in the Ottoman Empire. Sephardim brought also their organizational skills and set up Jewish communities functioning according to the regulations, the takanot, they had followed in Spain. Due to their favorable welcome and technical and organizational skills, Sephardim largely overwhelmed the local Jewish communities of Turkey and the Balkans. But now they and we have to look at the historical and geographical context from an Eastern Ottoman point of view rather than a European one. We have to ignore for a while the divisions of modern European nationalism. The Balkans were part of the Ottoman Empire for 400 years, and their metropolis was Istanbul. Large numbers of Sephardim also settled in Salonika, the port in eastern Greece. Uh, by the way, I have a map that I'll be happy to show people afterwards. Um, if anyone is confused about the geography. Um, Salonika became a hub for commerce, the silk industry, printing, and Jewish learning. The overland commercial route from Salonika to Western Europe passed through what later became Bosnia, and the Ottomans founded the city of Sarajevo in what is now Bosnia in the mid-15th century as a way station along this route. It soon acquired a large Muslim population. Many of the local people, known as Bogomils, converted from a local sect of Eastern Orthodox Christianity, and a small Jewish settlement of merchants from Salonika um, around 1565. Elsewhere in the Balkans, the Greek-speaking Jews who had lived in Greece and the surrounding areas, uh, known as Romaniot Jews, were overwhelmed by the influx of Sephardim, both in numbers and in superior skills. The small Jewish community of Sarajevo received a special dwelling built by the Turkish governor in 1581, which the Jews called Il Cortijo, but was officially named the bequest of Siavush Pasha. It was near the main market and on the edge of a Muslim district. It had a large inner courtyard and housed about 60 families. Um, a synagogue called Il Cal Grande, the Great Synagogue, was attached. The word Cal comes from Hebrew Kachal, community, and we find it used often in Spain as well. In Sarajevo, we do not have a closed ghetto as in Western Europe, but rather an Ottoman Mahala or quarter. By 1659, there were two Jewish quarters, and by 1841, there were five more residential districts for Jews. About 1,000 Jews lived there in the early 1800s. Under the Ottomans, the Jews had their own court system for most cases and rarely used the Sharia system. They had great autonomy under the Ottoman millet system. Jews practiced many of the professions, crafts, and trades essential to a large city and thus prospered, though there were also indigent Jews. The rabbis came from Salonika, their spiritual center. And the Shabtai Tzvi movement, uh, 16th century followers of the false messiah, had some impact also. The Jews combined their Spanish heritage and their Balkan Muslim and Turkish culture. 
Um, communal revenues were derived from a religious tax and the sale of mitzvot or synagogue honors. This money paid the rabbi, teachers, gabai, and state tax and other expenses. Here, the US Congress might take note. Um, uh, Harriet Pass Friedenrich, uh, in her book, The Jews of Yugoslavia, tells us that if expenses exceeded revenues at the end of the year, the members of the executive were expected to make up the difference out of their own pockets. <laughs> of course, Jews, as elsewhere in Muslim lands, had a subordinate status under Islam known as dimma, which imposed a special tax and various humiliating regulations, such as special clothing and not being allowed to ride horses. There were also occasional forced conversions and times of insecurity as they uh, were living on the border of the empire and their status declined gradually after the end of the 16th century as the Ottoman Empire itself went, to its, went into its long, slow decline. But in general, Jews had relative security. In 1878, all this changed when Bosnia fell to the Austro-Hungarian Empire. The new rulers brought full civil rights and emancipation as Jews were receiving in other parts of Europe, such as France or Italy. However, they lost their traditional privileges. Uh, this is similar to what happened in Turkey later on under the um, Ataturk revolution. A number of Ashkenazim educated professionals and businessmen began moving in, mostly westernized and secular, and all these changes posed major challenges to the traditional Sephardic way of life. Um, by 1928, there were 6,000 individuals who were members of the Sephardic community, but only 832 taxpayers. Uh, about 400 families, or one-third of the uh, population, were too poor to pay taxes. Uh, in 1910, the Talmud Torah was turned over to the state. Ladino ceased to be a language of instruction, and Jewish children had to learn Serbo-Croatian instead. Uh, by 1931, 60% of Sephardim were native speakers of Ladino, and the rest were Serbo-Croatian native speakers. Before the Shoah, the Holocaust, there were newspapers in Ladino, a Ladino choir, charities, and many other institutions, including a Jewish workers' union called La Matatia. By 1941, Sarajevo had about 10,000 Jews. Fascists attacked the Sephardic synagogue, the largest in the Balkans, and destroyed it. Then followed executions, mass arrests, and deportations between September and November 1941 to Croatian death camps and Auschwitz. A few survived by joining the resistance, or as I understand Flori did, maybe she will correct me if, I'm not, uh, uh, if I haven't got this right, by fleeing to Italy. Most of the few survivors left for Israel in 1948, uh, which basically marked uh, almost the end of the community. Um, I think that uh, it survives best in, s in its cultural artifacts. I would have a copy of uh, the beautiful Sarajevo Haggadah, which was brought, created in Spain in uh, medieval times and brought to Sarajevo. And I'll be glad to show anyone afterwards if they're interested, uh, together with the map. And um, I hope I've given you some idea of the fascinating historical background through Flori Jagoda's life and work. And without more ado, I'd like to introduce Flori Jagoda herself. <laughs> 